This is Bentley Manning. And this is Kellen Day. This is an experiment to see what happens when church gets canceled. And we find new ways to connect. This is... This is... This is... Empty Pews. Hey, Kellen and podcast listeners, uh, this is the final stretch of Advent before Christmas. Oh man, by the time you're listening to this podcast, we are approaching Christmas so quickly, like two days away. Yeah, right around the corner, mm-hmm. uh, but... But we're still in Advent. Which means you get one more Austin Fairer. Exactly. Which is a good thing. Yeah, you get kind of this really Adventy podcast and not, not yet a Christmas podcast. So if you're longing for that, you're going to have to wait a few days. <laughs> so we're looking forward to being with you all for this uh, last stretch of Advent. So Kellen, one of the things that we've really gotten into over the past couple of weeks with the girls is, you know, Red Bull, the the the, the energy drink, the energy drink. Mm-hmm. they have like races and competitions. There's a whole part of the Red Bull brand that's about extreme sports. I did not know this. Well, actually, I think that Red Bull maybe sponsors some climbers. I'm sure they do. So, yeah. Yeah, they're just kind of in that kind of alternative extreme sport world. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we've really, really gotten into are watching soapbox races around the world. I did not know what a soapbox was until you showed me those videos. Um, just wasn't, yeah, wasn't a part of my world until you introduced me, but super fun. Super fun. So people kind of theme out their, their car, their little soapbox, no engines. It's like large. Large soapbox. I feel like me and you don't know what a soapbox is, which is maybe no one. Yeah, they're just, but they're large. Four wheels, one or two people uh, driving the thing, steering the thing down a hill. I just thought like when you first were telling me about this Bentley, that it was like uh, like two and a half feet item, right? Like, like you weren't small. in Boy Scouts, but in Boy Scouts, we made little cars that we raced down. Yeah, girls weren't allowed to be in Boy Scouts back then. But that's what you had in mind is like those kind of cars. Yes, yes. Okay, so yeah, so, we, so we've been watching that and it's, it's fun, it's funny. There are these themes that go along with it and... It's about speed and style, all of those things together. But mostly people like just wipe out. A lot of wipeouts. So I have been thinking, this is just for the, the listening audience, I've wondered about having a soapbox race in Highlands, North Carolina, and maybe it could be a fundraiser for something like uh, our partnership in Haiti. It's an idea. Yeah, and I think we should send the soapboxes down to Tula. I agree. <laughs> So that's an idea. But, I think there's but, a high chance of wipeouts in that scenario. But just, I mean, okay, real quick. This is not really the kind of, I want to get to something else. But I, if you think about it, you could get like Ugly Dog to make uh, a car. You could get Old Edwards to have a car. Tate Landscaping could have a car. Yeah, in- like sponsors. Incarnation could have a car. Sure. And that could be a fun event in Highlands. So what are you trying to get us to from the soapbox event? So what I'm trying to get us to is so so we we got so hooked, Kellen, on watching these races mm-hmm. that I think we we've watched all of them. On the internet? Yeah, all we've watched all <laughs> the races. Uh Tokyo, I mean, Texas, um Chile, all over the world. We watched oh, them all. Wow. So the so That's an investment. So one thing to be said is that if we do end up having a soapbox race in Highlands. Watch out. Watch out. 
the second thing is, so when we exhausted all of that, we thought, well, we need to figure out something else to watch as a little family, like 30 minutes, because like, mm-hmm. it's just a fun thing for us to all, I don't know, I guess it's cold outside. <laughs> and we're in the middle of a pandemic, <laughs> right. so, so there's nothing else so to do. <laughs> the family's thinking about watching TV, and so, <laughs> so, so the new thing that we're on mm-hmm. from last night. Oh, I haven't heard this. It's cliff diving. Oh, which is a little, it's like kind of, it's the opposite of the soapbox thing in, in many respects, because it's, it's, it's really graceful. It requires a, a, a high degree of skill. Um, You're not it, making anything. It's just only the human body. Exactly. Exactly. And so last night we watched this couple and they're like in Puerto Rico jumping off of all types of things. Hmm. And obviously, they were professional divers, like in college, or, or collegiate divers before becoming cliff divers, I think. Sure. They seemed to know what they were doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know what, then Kel and I started thinking about. Wow, we are on a journey with you right now. Yeah. This is how, <laughs> this is it. <laughs> so then I started thinking about cliff diving. I know this is dangerous, so I know this. But I started thinking about cliff diving in Western North Carolina and how we are in an area that maybe is conducive to jumping off of things into water. I know it's dangerous, right? Because you got to make sure. You've said that. We hear you. We all know it's dangerous. You have to make sure you're not jumping onto something that you can't see. I know Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. So then I thought like, well, maybe it's just worth like throwing it into Google and figuring out. Usually is. If you're in Western North Carolina, where's the what's the best place to go cliff jumping? What'd you find? The best place in oh. Western North Carolina to go cliff jumping is in Highlands, North Carolina, Kellen. It's Buster Butt Falls. Yes, it's like right. It's fifteen minutes down the road. And that made me think maybe I should just put the dry suit on and just keep jumping off the thing now. Because we did jump off of it multiple times in the summer. Right. This is true. But I find myself in the moment, having watched all the cliff jumping, longing to get back to Buster Butt Falls and, and jumping off that cliff. But you know that water is so cold. Real, but the, It's like real cold. So, it's super fun. And maybe I bring this up because Advent is about expectation. It's about waiting. And I think one of the things I'm <laughs> waiting for... Is summer. Is summer. <laughs> You're always waiting for summer. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Thanks, Bentley. When I jump, you jump. When I fall, you fall. We can fake it till we make it. We can make it through. We can take it all. Ain't gotta be that hard. We can fake it till we make it. We can make it all. So this is our, you know, final week of Advent, as we've already said, and this is the final week of reading Austin Fair. Um, maybe. <laughs> we like him so much that maybe we'll keep reading him, but... I, it might be worth reading him more. This is his final Advent reflection. Advent is a coming, not our coming to God, but his to us. We cannot come to God. He is beyond our reach. But he can come to us, 
for we are not beneath his mercy. Even in another life, as St. John sees it in his vision, we do not rise to God, but he descends to us and dwells humanly among human creatures and the glorious man, Jesus Christ. And that will be his last coming. So we shall be his people and he everlastingly our God, our God with us, our Emmanuel. He will so come, but he has come already. He comes always. In our fellow Christian, even in a child, says Christ. In his word, invisibly in our souls, more visibly in this sacrament. Opening ourselves to him, we call him in. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. O come, Emmanuel. I love how in this reflection, fair is really clear about direction and initiative, right? That it is God's own doing, own initiative, own sort of, um, you know, love and mercy that drives God towards us. And um, that's just like a really helpful reminder that God sort of comes at us with abundance sort of uh, relentlessly in all sorts of ways. And if we have eyes to see, we'll behold God. And it was reminding me a little bit of the metaphor you used in our Sunday morning class yesterday or this past Sunday um, about the waterfall. I don't know if you'd be willing to share that again well we were talking about the mystery of god and how sometimes in a kind of flippant way you'll hear people kind of throw their arms up well you'll hear them kind of huff and then throw their arms up and say well it's all a mystery when when you're talking about something related to god which is just shorthand for i don't think I want to talk about this anymore, or I don't mm-hmm. think there's anything more to be said about this anymore. Mm-hmm. And in some respect, I think that that is right uh, in terms of saying that the mystery of God is is so vast that it's hard sometimes to get our heads around it or our hearts around it. And something I, I heard uh, from another uh, priest was that when we think about the mystery of God, if you were to liken that uh, to a waterfall, our attempt to kind of try to capture or contain that mystery might be like uh, putting a thimble underneath a waterfall and trying to catch some water. Mm-hmm. But of course, that doesn't mean we don't keep trying to put our thimble out there underneath uh, the flow of that water coming down and try a bit more to understand, uh, live into... Uh, draw nearer uh, to the mystery of God. And so I think I think when we when we think about the mystery of God made flesh in the person of Jesus, of course we will not have enough time in this lifetime to fully explore uh, that reality. Uh, but thanks be to God we'll have eternity uh, to explore that and I I sense that we'll never be able to exhaust, uh, the depths 
and love of that divine life on either side of eternity. Kellen, we're at a funny spot right now because it's time, I think, to shift to our uh, scripture readings. And our reading coming up is for Christmas Eve. I know. Yeah, we're really occupying this like deeply liminal space. You've got a wonderful idea about how we should divide our our readings so that we uh, are ready for next week as well. So this episode, we're going to talk about the Christmas Eve story, um, which is kind of the famous Luke um, account of Jesus's birth. But um, this coming Sunday's reading is actually John 1. And so we'll talk about that in our Christmas episode, which we are hoping to get out to you, hopefully. (laughs) So the Luke and Nativity story is the one where Mary and Joseph have to travel back to Bethlehem because um, Emperor Augustus wanted everyone to be registered. And while they were in Bethlehem, um, Mary, who's engaged to Joseph and expecting a child, gives birth um, to a son. And of course, you hear that there's no room for them at the inn. And so he's born um, sort of in a manger instead in this sort of lowly spot. And the rest of the text is the story of the shepherds who are in the fields and the angels come and tell them that Um, the Messiah has been born and they should go visit this Messiah and the shepherds go and they tell Mary you know what they've heard from the shepherds and she ponders all these things in their hearts and um, the shepherds return to their fields so that's a you know really brief refresher on this lovely nativity scene and you're preaching Bentley yeah so I am preaching something that kellen we talked about this past week that i that stands out um that's a and a wonderful i think interesting feature of this story we spent some time last week talking about mary being this lowly figure someone who um knows uh humility i think um mm. and this story Right, the nativity story uh, starts out with an emperor, and then moves immediately, like just immediately, to all these other characters, these other people that are a far cry uh, from an emperor or anyone else in power. And and God's story of salvation, God's story, um, as found in the nativity, really uh, makes a home with these lowly figures, which I think this story is so familiar, we might kind of forget how unusual that is, that God uh, didn't kind of buddy up with Caesar and make his way into the world uh, through power or force, um, but instead found home in kind of humble, uh, receptive hearts that that are uh, a long way away from the the power uh, of Rome. It's a, it's just it's a it's an interesting feature of this story. I think you're pointing out that contrast between sort of the emperor and then the shepherds and other figures in the story. Um, it's really important. Um, 
it, you know, Luke is so obsessive almost about the lowly, the poor, the sick women, right? He, the author of that gospel highlights how Jesus is coming and his ministry um, is so pointed towards um, those folks. And of course, not only does Jesus make a home among them, right? But is lowly himself, right? He comes with no roof over his head. He comes as a little, a little baby. Um, yeah, the most vulnerable creature in a impoverished world. And all of that, right, will point us and foreshadows um, his life that he leads and the death that he dies. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Kellen, what that uh, calls to mind for me is if you go to the site, the site that's traditionally understood as uh, the place of the nativity uh, in Jerusalem, you literally have to kind of stoop down uh, to get uh, to the place where Christ was born. And I'm thinking about uh, what that might mean for us in terms of finding Christ who comes to us, uh, what it might require. Um, that's in my mind having heard your reflection just now yeah stooping down bowing down genuflecting getting low oh come thou day spring come and cheer our spirits by thine advent Disperse the gloomy clouds of night And death's dark shadows put to flight Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel Shall Here's a blessing. May Almighty God, by whose providence our Savior Christ came among us in great humility, sanctify you with the light of his blessing and set you free from all sin. May he whose second coming in power and great glory we await make you steadfast in faith, joyful in hope, and constant in love. May you who rejoice in the first advent of our Redeemer at his second advent be rewarded with unending life and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen.
for tuning in to this episode of Empty Pews. Um, We hope that this Advent season has been a blessing for you and for your family. Um, We are going to do our very best to get out a sort of abbreviated Christmas episode for Empty Pews in the coming days. So be on the lookout for that. Um, But then Bentley and I are going to take a few days off. And so um, Empty Pews will be on a little bit of a break until the beginning of January. As a reminder, our Christmas Eve service will be broadcast uh, on Christmas Eve at 6 o'clock, both on our Facebook page and on our website, and invite you to join us uh, for that. We love you. We miss you. God's peace.